Read about your favorite NBC entertainers. Yes, in the November NBC Silver Jubilee issue of Radio TV Mirror Magazine, you can enjoy reading about such NBC stars as Fibber McGee and Molly, Bob Hope, and Groucho Marx. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, The White Elephant. It is January 16, 1950. The time, 6.28 p.m., a freight train just outside of a West Texas town gains speed and rolls through the gathering dusk. Inside a gondola car, a hobo crouches in a corner as the brakeman comes toward him. All right, Paul, this is where you get off. Now, listen, pal, just let me get to the next town. Huh? Just, just I let... said this is where you get off. <laughs> but we're moving. Yeah, I... you get on where we was moving, you can get off. Now, come on or I'll just the top of your head. Now, listen, don't, don't, don't do it. I tell get you, on your Please. feet like this. You know, let me... Go! No, you let want to get me up? Go, huh? you! Oh, you told you to leave me alone. Huh? Slug me, will you? Oh, yeah, get me! I'm coming! I'm coming! At 2.55 a.m. of the morning following the freight train incident... A rancher named Banker noticed a small coupe parked on the shoulder of the road. It bore Oklahoma license plates. Banker turned his spotlight on the car, saw a man slumped down on the driver's seat. A half hour later, Sheriff Caldwell, notified by Banker, began investigation of the murder and called in the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. And a few hours later, Pearson, Banker, and Sheriff Caldwell stood at the scene. Pearson listened to Banker. It was just about three this morning when I saw it, Ranger. How come you were driving along this road that late? I've been to a rancher's meeting in Almira's. I was going to spend the night there and change my mind. Uh Did you take this road when you left for Almira's? Yes, sir. What time? Uh, Yesterday morning, about uh, 7.30. Then this car came here sometime between 7.30 yesterday morning and 3 this morning. I guess so. You never saw the dead man before, huh? It's the first time I laid eyes on him. All right, Mr. Banker. You can go. Hey, you need me, I'll be home. No identification on the body at all, huh, Sheriff? Nothing in the pockets. Picked clean as a whistle. Anybody else been around the car? Nope. Deputy kept his eyes on it. Car's facing west. Going west when it was stopped. Tire tracks on the shoulder tell that. Mm-hmm. Blood on the seat. Yep. 
38 bullet on it. 38? Might be a police special. Banker got one? Banker, but... Uh, but just ask him. For now. You see, I... You see something? Look here, Sheriff. Huh? Set of tracks leading up to the car. Ordinary shoes, not boots. Heel marks are too broad for boots. Yeah, looks like it. Look at this one. Sole print with a hole in it. Now look. The prints lead from that way, north, up to the car. A little scuffle. Then the prints turn back north. Mm -hmm. In other words, Sheriff, somebody walked up to the car, stood there, then turned and went back north. Oh, and here's something else. Grease. Looks like grease. Smeared on the car door. Same side footprints are on. Grease might be from the car. Looks too stiff and heavy for that. Yeah. What about it coming from a freight train, Jace? Why? Well, there's tracks about a mile north of here. Freight's used a side and a pull-on when passengers got to pass. Hmm. Maybe it all ties in, Sheriff. A shoe with a hole in it, grease, freight siding. Yeah, might be worth going after. Where do we start? Here at the car first. I'm going to check it over inch by inch. Meantime, you get hold of a freight schedule. I'll meet you at your office. <laughs> went through yesterday. How many? Three of them. You can check those, all right. Of course, we might be sending the dogs up the wrong tree. Looks like a hobo to me. Yeah. Let me see the dead man's fingerprints. Sure, here you are. Oh, these match with some of the prints in the car, see? Closed Delta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about those others you got? Picked these up on the door that had the grease on it. Smeared all over. A couple clear enough to use, only... Yeah, only what, Jace? You know, there wasn't a single print on the steering wheel. Seems like the dead man's prints ought to be on it. Gloves? I didn't find any gloves on him, nor in the car. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I got a call out if any hobo picked up or seen on those trains. Good. Now, I found these tucked under the sun visor in front of the driver's seat. Gasoline receipts made out to Carl Thompson. Oh, that'll save a lot of checking. Move forward the dead man's prints anyway. That steering wheel bothers me. Excuse me, Jace. Sheriff Paul, huh? Oh, yeah. Good. Hold him. We'll be there as soon as we can make it. Something else, Jace. Brakeman in one of those freights we've been checking has a story. Some hobos slugged him and jumped. Okay. Let's go. The brakeman took us to the approximate spot the hobo jumped off the freight. Sheriff Caldwell and I picked up the trail and followed it by horse. We hoped to apprehend the suspect before he could reach a town and lose himself and us. After six hours, we stopped. What's the matter, Jace? Tracks are different. Come here and take a look. Different? Yeah, look. The right print's a little deeper, favoring his left a little. Hurt himself, huh? Must have twisted his leg when he took the jump off the freight. Kept getting worse. Sat down here... Smoked a cigarette. Here's the butt. He ain't going to make such a good time with a bum leg. We've been traveling at a steady trot. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's get going. Uh, 
suspect's trail showed increased favoring of his left leg. His progress became slower. More and more often he stopped to rest and the trail became fresher and fresher. Evidence in a deserted shack showed suspect had rested there for quite a while. We picked up the trail again. We're getting close, Sheriff. How do you know? Notice something just now. Take a look at these prints. Same as the ones we've been following. Not quite. Hole in the right shoe. Not that. I'm talking about this anthill he crushed. Well, what about it? Quite a few of the prints had anthills in them. Crushed and rebuilt. So? Ants start working on a new hill when the old one's been tramped down. This one's so fresh, they haven't had time to rebuild. Hey, that's right. He can't be far off. So we better leave the horses tied up here, Sheriff, and start moving on foot. back and I kept questioning him, but he stuck to his story. I never was there. I didn't do it. Ever own a gun? 38 police special? I told you a hundred times. I never owned no kind of gun. How'd you take all that skin off your arm? I don't know. Fell, maybe. You got that while you were running away. When you jumped off the freight, after you slugged the brakeman. No, no. Grease on your jacket. How'd it get there? Yeah, maybe, maybe off in the freight. Sure. That car we showed you, the one you said you'd never seen before. That's the truth. Is it? Hold up your right foot. What? Hold it up. Hole in the right shoe. What else? Here's a plaster cast. Cast at the print of the scene of the murder. Take a good look. But I wasn't there, I tell you. Ever hear of fingerprints? Oh, sure. Here are yours. And here's a set found at the crime. They match. You still say you weren't there? I didn't kill nobody. Let me see your hands. When'd you wash them last? I don't know. Maybe a couple days ago. You know, we can tell if you fired a gun. I never had no gun. Did you rob the man in the car? No, no. Look at me. You were there, weren't you? We can prove it. Well, all right. All right, I was there. But I didn't kill him. Why'd you lie? Well, I was scared. If you're innocent, you don't have to be scared. Look, Ranger, I, I got a couple of wraps, bag wraps. That all? Hey, sure, sure. We can check that, too. All right, all right. I got a couple of wraps for pinching stuff. Nothing big. Now, look. Tell me exactly what you did. What? Well, I come in off afraid. I was walking across when I seen the car. I figured it was funny, something funny. Why? Well, car parked like that. Then I walked over, seen the fellow in there. He was dead. I beat it. Hopped the freight. That all? You know what else? Up to now. Did you get in the car? At no, all? sir. No, sir. Did you touch the body or take anything from I, it? I swear, Strange, I didn't. Did you touch the steering wheel and then wipe it off? Why be? No, no. What for? Look, I tell you. I... Jace? Yeah, Sheriff. Come here, will you? Sure. You stay put. I got no place to go. Here's all the dope in the murdered man, Thompson. Come in just now. Carl Thompson, resident Tulsa, Oklahoma, traveling salesman for Prince Extract Company. This checked? Double. Tallies with the gasoline receipts. Mm-hmm. What about him? The hobo? Yeah. I think the only crime he committed was failure to report what he saw. His fingerprints were all over the outside of the one door of that car, and none inside. Seems to me if he thought of cleaning up the inside, he'd have done the same outside. Yeah, looks like it. We'll give him the paraffin test anyway and see if he's fired a gun lately. And if he didn't? Start all over. And start with that clean steering wheel.
just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. This evening, be sure to hear Douglas Fairbanks in The Silent Men, based on the authentic adventures of your government security agents. Monday, Herbert Marshall assumes the mysterious identity of the man called X. Tuesday night, hear Big Town with another hard-hitting adventure by Steve Wilson of the Illustrated Press. Yes, there's always pulse-quickening action on Big Town. Tonight, hear The Silent Men. Monday, it's the man we called X. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And tonight's case, The White Elephant. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. The result of the paraffin test was negative, but we held the hobo pending further investigation. I reported back to my captain, Stinson, at company headquarters. I told him I was pretty sure that the hobo story checked out. Yeah, it looks like it. But somebody killed Thompson. Killed him and then drove him in his own car to where that rancher spotted it. There wasn't anything on Thompson, huh? No money, no papers, only these. Gasoline charge account receipts. Somebody went to an awful lot of trouble to clean him, but they overlooked these. Mm Mm-hmm. On top, this looks like a plain case of murder with robbery as the motive, but if that was it, why go to all the risk of being spotted in a car with Oklahoma plates? Why not just kill him and leave him? I don't know, Jace. What's your thinking? Well, Thompson was a traveling salesman, traveled a lot in a few days. Now, suppose the killer realized that with Thompson far enough away from the scene of the crime, we'd have a pretty tough time finding out just where the murder was committed. Yeah, that could be. But why? Well, maybe the killer couldn't leave the spot. So he did the next best thing. Took Thompson's body away. And maybe it wasn't just robbery. Well, what else? I don't know yet, but... I got some more checking to do. It'll take maybe a couple of hours, and then I might have some answers. Well, a couple hours on the nose, Jace. You get anything new? Some more dope on Thompson, Captain. He never carried much money, never was known to have picked up a hitchhiker, and I got a pretty good idea of where he was killed. These gasoline receipts tell a fair story. Yeah? How? Well, this one, for example, dated the 15th day before he was killed. Made out in Bannon. He got 16 gallons of gas there. Well, did you ever think somebody else might have been using his credit card? Yeah, but Thompson traveled that route pretty often. Chances are he was well-known at the service stations. Yeah, that's right. Okay, go on. I ran a mileage test on his car. He got about 17 miles a gallon. Now, his tank holds 16. I did a little figuring. Just about enough gas was used to get him from Bannon to where his body was found. But he could have been killed anywhere between Bannon and where he was found dead. Sure, I know that. But it still looks like my next stop is Bannon. Whatever she'll take. Ah, sure thing. You the owner here? Ah, yes, sir. How long? Oh, a couple of years. You work alone? Nights, yeah. Take a look at this, will you? One of my receipts. Credit card stuff. You know this Carl Thompson? Yeah, I see him every, oh, four or five months. When did you see Thompson last? The evening he bought that gas. 
Why, anything wrong, Ranger? Was Thompson alone that evening? I, yeah. I never remember him ever having anybody alone. What else do you remember about that evening? Oh, one of the worst sleet storms we ever had. Hit like oh, a... it'd be tough for him to drive then, huh? Oh, sure. Hey, um, he was asking about some place to stay. You never stayed in Bannon before? I don't know. Leastways, he didn't know much about the places. I told him to try the hotel. He said it was full up. He said the motels were jam-packed. The lousy weather. You know where he went? I said he was going to try and find a place along the highway. Why, anything wrong? Plenty. Here's for the gas. I might come back and ask you some more questions. Thanks. began a check of every possible place Thompson might have stayed that night, but I drew one blank after another. Then I got a lead at a motel on the outskirts of Bannon. Sure, Ranger, I remember that night. Sleep was an inch thick. We was full up here, but I sent him to a place down the highway, the Star Motel. Been closed and up for sale for quite a spell, but I heard it was opened up again. about to leave when I noticed something. The electricity must have been on somewhere in the place because the little wheel under the dials of the meter was spinning. It was enough to send me back into town to ask a few more questions. Now, uh, let me see, Ranger. Storm Hotels. Uh, yes, sir, here's what we want right here. Uh-huh. Are these all the electricity bills? Yes, sir. Let me see. Up to three months ago, the bills were just for meter installation, minimum service charge. That's right, Ranger. But for the last three months, four seventy-five, three eighty-nine, five sixty. Hmm. Kind of funny, isn't it? The place is closed, but for the last three months, the bills have averaged over four dollars a month. Didn't that seem peculiar to you? Well, Ranger, we, we just sure, sure, I know. Now, can you give me the name of the person to whom these bills were sent? Get it for you right away. Why, yes, Ranger, Mr. Carlson's here. I believe he's on the phone right now, but if you come in... Thank you, ma'am. You Mrs. Carlson? Yes. I hope I'm not bothering you any, Miss Carlson. Not at all, Ranger. My husband's here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I see I think that could be arranged. Yes, yeah, sure. Tell you what, I'll come out a little later. I'll bring the client with me. Sure. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. Andy, this is Range up here. Oh, hello. Sorry to barge in like this, Mr. Carlson, but I got a few questions. Questions? Sure, what about? You own the Star Motel, don't you? Yes, I do. Star Motel? Oh, that white elephant. White elephant? <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get rid of it for two years. Why? Well, like Betsy said, it ain't been worth a hoot since the new highway went in two years ago. Only half the traffic that used to pass it. It hasn't been used for two years? Well, I guess I didn't mean exactly that. What did you mean? I tried to keep it going for a year after the highway went through, but couldn't rent enough rooms. It wasn't worth trying to save. You got the keys to it? Keys? Oh, sure. Is something wrong, Ranger? Might be, ma'am. Can you take me through the motel, Mr. Carlson? Anytime. Right now, suit you? Couldn't be better. Let's go. 
been out here for close on three or four weeks. Did you go through the cabins then? Oh, just take a look. See, kids sometimes fool around. That's why I boarded up the windows. Want to take a look in the office? Yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Calton. Sure. Nothing in here, Ranger? Nope, there's not. Anything in particular you're looking for? Yeah. You have this floor washed lately? Oh, heck no. Ain't no use paying for something like that. It's been washed recently. Huh? But why? How do you know? Scrubbing wood with hot water always raises the grain. And hot water isn't as good as cold to wash out blood stains. Blood? Blood? Please! Oh, 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 what's the matter with you? Get away from the counter, Ranger! Hold it. Sit down. Go on! What the devil is this? Who are you fellas? My guess is a couple of men I want for murder, Mr. Calton. Murder? Just get the telephone wire. Everything okay? Yeah, push that guy. Me? Why, I never carry a gun. Well, we just make sure. Yeah, he's clean. All right, now strip the ranger's gun belt. Wait a minute. You got the drop on me. Maybe I'd have to be a fool to draw. But if you don't want me to be a fool, don't touch these guns. You try and take them off me and I'll go down using them. And I might get lucky. All right, Locke. Let him alone. He's too smart to start anything. Go get the panel truck out and start loading our stuff fast. Well, what about them? We can lock them in. Fix their car so they can't get out of here for a while after we leave. If they try to come out while we're still here, we'll blast whatever door or window they try to come through. Get that, Ranger? I get it. Okay. I'll be outside, Chuck. So your name's Chuck, huh? Good as any. What are you and that other fellow doing in my place? Go ahead, Chuck. Tell him. Some other time, friend. Now you two listen. Because I ain't going to say this twice. Try to bust out before you hear us drive off and you'll get it good. Now stay put. They got us locked in. Yeah. Oh, don't go near that window. You heard what he said. Little crack in the boarding. I'm just taking a look. What are they doing? Come here and take a look for yourself. I should have watched the place more. I never knew anyone was using it. And used plenty. Look what they're taking out. Furs. All kinds of stuff. It's beginning to make sense. Closed down motel, made a nice storage bin for stolen unsmuggled goods till they could run it to the markets. Oh, they'll get away. You you said there was a murder. Take it easy, Mr. Calton. We'll get them. Oh, they'll be across the border in a half an hour before we could even reach the phone. Maybe you'd better take a chance and get shot down in cold blood. No. But we'll get them all right. Know why, Mr. Calson? Why? <laughs> because you helped. I pinned Calson with a quick headlock and then got one arm up behind him and applied pressure so I could keep him still while I had a free hand. I reached into his jacket and found what I was looking for under his shoulder. Then I pushed him. Are you crazy? He almost broke my arm. Shut up, Calson. Don't you think I saw this gun bulging under your coat? And they deliberately missed it when they frisked you? You played it real smart, almost. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. This gun and the electric bills. You paid them. Paid bills that were being run up in a place that was supposed to be shut down. Seemed kind of funny you never complained to the power company. So what? Well, you so you were... got a phone call from your friends out there. They tipped you because they saw me nosing around here earlier, right? No. Okay. Okay, take a look out there. They're almost finished. In a couple of minutes, they'll be gone. In half an hour, they'll be over the border. How about you? You want to stick back here and face a murder charge? There's nothing you can prove. There's plenty we can prove, Calton. 
And you're holding the bag. You'll have a tough time explaining those electric bills and them missing your gun. I didn't kill that man. Did this Chuck do it? Yeah, yeah, that salesman come in. So was going on. Chuck killed him, then drove him away. All right. Now listen real careful to me. I'm going to fire this gun of yours. Then you hammer on the door and holler for him. Get it? What do you want to Just do Just listen. When they come up, tell them you had to kill me. Tell them to open the door. Then, Mr. Kelson, step back and out of the way fast. They'll be gone in a minute. Make up your mind. All right. Go ahead. I'll do it. Any funny tricks and you get it first. Now. Ready? Open that door and holler. Chuck! Rock! Give me a pass! Open the door! Now, when it's open... you a deal for this white elephant motel. You can trade it for a jail cell. Andrew Kelson was convicted for his part in the murder. His sentence, life imprisonment. again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Almost a year ago, a faithful listener wrote to us and said she'd heard of an official Texas Ranger prayer and inquired if such a prayer actually existed. We assured her it did. And in response to her letter, we read the Texas Ranger's prayer over the air. Folks, I wish you could have seen the hundreds of letters we received after that broadcast. Since that first reading of the Texas Ranger prayer... There's hardly a week goes by that we haven't had a request to repeat it. And we're mighty pleased to read it for you again tonight because we know now how many of you, like the men it was written for, realize the importance of a power outside ourselves to whom we may turn. The Texas Ranger Prayer by Captain Pierre Bernard Hill, chaplain of the Texas Rangers. God, whose end is justice, whose strength is all our stay, be near and bless my mission as I go forth today. Let wisdom guide my actions, let courage fill my heart, and help me, Lord, in every hour to do a ranger's part. Protect when danger threatens, sustain when trails are rough. Help me to keep my standard high and smile at each rebuff. When night comes down upon me, I pray thee, Lord, be nigh. Whether on lonely scout or camped under the Texas sky, keep me, O God, in life. And when my days shall end, forgive my sins and take me in. For Jesus' sake, amen. Good night, folks. Good night. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers.
Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Paul McVeigh, Lou Krugman, Jeff Corey, Byron Kane, Robert Bruce, and Janet Nolan. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Russell Hughes, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gipney speaking. Next, it's The Big Show on NBC. In a moment, we'll present the Texas Rangers. But first, here's a reminder that you can read all about your favorite NBC stars and find pictures of most of them in the current NBC Silver Jubilee issue of Radio TV Mirror Magazine. Buy it at your newsstand today. The National Broadcasting Company presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Helping Hand. It is 3.15 p.m. an afternoon in November 1950. A deluge of rain has swamped the deserted roads of West Texas, and a lone motorist sits disconsolately in a small sedan near the side of the road. His face brightens suddenly as a curtained jeep pulls to a stop beside him. Painted on the jeep's motor hood are the words, Joe's Garage. Uh, Howdy! Howdy! Having trouble? Yeah, wires must have got soaked coming through that low spot in the wash back there. She... (laughs) Chugged and sputtered away and then conked out on me. Reckon we can fix that for you. Now get that kerosene squirt can, Rusty. Okay, Joe. You want the canvas, too? Yeah, raise his hood, then tent the canvas over so none of this rain beats in there. Yeah. You just sit there and relax, mister. We'll have a perkin in a minute. I'm sure grateful to you. What are you going to do? Squirt a little kerosene on ignition wires. Better release your hood. Oh, yeah. Okay, Rusty, lift her up. Yeah. You handle it all right? Sure. <laughs> you fellas sure know what you're doing. What do you mean? I can't see how you can get them wires dry by squirting them wetter. That's a mechanic's trick. Squirt them with kerosene, the kerosene gets under the water, and the water runs off. Then a minute or two, the kerosene runs off, too. What's left evaporates. <laughs> I reckon you'd know. I know, all right. When it rains like this, I do more business along this road than I do back at the shop. Reckon we've got a dozen stalled cars going today. Well, that's all sprayed, Joe. Okay, close her up. Uh, okay to dry her now? No, no, wait a second. Ugh. If 
got a couple of drops of water running down my neck. Only a mile up the road to Wally's Cafe. We'll stop for coffee after this fellow gets moving. Mm, sure could use some myself. I've been sitting here for more than an hour. Only other car to come through barreled right past. Where you bound for? Long Ridge. Too bad this heap didn't hold out until I got there. <laughs> Coming back, I'll hand me a new car. Dealer called this morning to tell me it was in. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this thing ought to be ready to limp along now, Joe. Yeah, you can try starting it now. Oh, fine. Well, here's hoping. Ah, that was real quick. I'll be hanged. That trick of yours really worked. I ain't never missed. I should buck a little at first, but watch the puddles. You'll be okay. Sure wish I I knew how to thank you, brother. Why, that ain't hard, mister. Charge is 15 bucks. Fifteen dollars. Standing out in this rain ain't fun, mister. You were stuck, weren't you? Yeah, I was stuck. Fifteen dollars seems like the kind of steep price for three minutes work in a little kerosene. Look, I got a nice warm garage where the prices are regular. Working out here is a little bit different. Charge is fifteen bucks. I don't think I got fifteen bucks. What are you, a wise guy? Reckon if you can buy a new car, you ain't exactly flat broke. I didn't say I was. I got money. The smallest bill I got's a hundred. Look, don't stall me. You could rot out here if we didn't happen along. The least you can do is pay up. I tell you, I got nothing but large bills. Money I got from a bank this morning to put down on a new car. Want your money? I'll meet you at the coffee place you was talking about and get changed. Well, where'd Wally get changed for a hundred in that crummy joint? Change ain't our problem, Joe. Our problem is whether or not this guy's really got a hundred bucks to begin with. Now, let's see it. You ain't seeing nothing. Matter of fact, I ain't so sure you got a right to charge me no $15. Before I pay it, I'm going to stop at the sheriff's office in Long Ridge. You think I'm standing in this rain for fun? Now get out of that car. Come on. Let go of me. Hey, let go of my throat. Never mind the conversation, Joe. You've got hands and he's got pockets. No, no. You crazy. Stop this kick and rusty. Yeah, I'll stop it. Hey, Rusty. Hey, Rusty, look. Yeah. Five hundred bucks, Joe. Uh-huh. I could do a lot with dough like that. What do you say, Joe? Why, he'd report it. Not if you got enough nerve. Well, I got as much nerve as you got. All right, then grab his feet. All right, move him in there off the road. Right. Hey, he's coming, too. Not for long. All right, put him down. Right. Now, get your heavy wrench. No, you're crazy. You back out on me? No, but I, I'm not chump enough to use my wrench on him. Look, be smart, Rusty. If we're going to do this, let's be smart and do it right. There's a big rock over there. Use that. The body of the slain man was found early the following morning when highway patrolmen examined the area around the seemingly abandoned car. The sheriff was summoned from Longridge, and he in turn requested the help of a Texas ranger... Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned. Still might have wet from that rain yesterday, Jace. Yeah. Yeah, here's the body. Wanted you to see it before we moved it into town. You check his identification? Mm-hmm. License description fits. Name's Arthur McShane. Comes from Hooper Springs. What are you looking at, Jace? I'm just noticing these footprints around the body, Sheriff. I puddled up too much to help. Rain washed the edges away. Carried in here by two men. Or walked in with... One man? No, he was carried. If he'd have walked, there'd be some mud on his shoes. His feet never touched the ground after he left the pavement. How long do you think he's been dead? Well, it looks like it's been quite a few hours. Any sign of a weapon around? There must have been one with his head like that. Big rock with a blood trace on the bottom of it was laying over there. 
Almost washed clean, so I didn't want to leave it. I had a deputy wrap it and take it in for your lab. Yeah, it won't help much. Might have held some blood, but the prints wouldn't take. Now, let's get back to the car. Right. Anybody touched the car? No, that's just like a highway patrol boy found it. Driver's door open, seat and steering wheel soaked with rain. Must have got out to fix something. Well, if he did, he must have got it fixed before he was killed, because the car works all right now. I checked it. I want to take a look underneath. You see something, Jase? Yeah. Oily spots on the pavement. Thin film on a couple of small puddles. Drip from the oil to crankcase, maybe? Oh, it's too thin for that. Too light. It's more like a gasoline drip. Well, gasoline drip would be further back under the carburetor. Yeah, lab man can check it. I want one to fly down and go over the car anyhow. Where's the nearest phone? Wally's Cafe, about a mile up the road. Wally's Cafe was a dilapidated roadside stop. I called Austin for a lab crew to fly down to Long Ridge, then the sheriff called the medical examiner who authorized a pickup for Arthur McShane's body. The sheriff hadn't had any breakfast. How about some ham and Wally? Hey, settle for bacon? Why, sure. How about you, Jase? Uh, just some coffee. Right. The lab man will want to bring that car into a garage, Sheriff. Where do you have your car service? Uh, Joe's garage. That's what little work we have. Hey, uh, you fellas want your coffee now, or you want it with your egg, Sheriff? Uh, we'll take it now. Yeah. I don't think they're going to find much on the car, though. Anything on the outside would have been washed away by the rain. Yeah, this is going to be a tough nut. Well, here's your java. Say, I uh, hear you say something about uh, Joe's garage for, Sheriff. Yeah, why? Are you going to see him in town? Well, I expect to. Uh, ask him to do me a favor, will you? Next time he stops by, I need a new fan belt from a pickup. I'll tell him. That's why I ain't got no ham. I couldn't make a trip into town for supplies today. Well, <laughs> I have to buy you a bicycle, Wally. <laughs> Be better than that pickup. That's for sure. Well, why don't you make a flat deal with Joe? Pay him by the week and have him make one stop here every day. Be cheaper than Ann. I'm surprised he didn't stop by yesterday. Saw his jeep go barreling by late in the afternoon, headed for town. Oh, that darn rain. You know, I bet I didn't shove three blue plates across his counter all day yesterday. Didn't take in more than four dollars. <laughs> well, that's more than you're liable to take in today if you burn my eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> lab man checked in on the plane from Austin and went out after McShane's car. I waited in the sheriff's office in town until the sheriff came in with a report from the medical examiner. Here's your autopsy report, Jase. Cause of death, cerebral hemorrhage. Due to a severe beating about the head. Blood on the rock we found matched McShane. Anything on the time of death? About 3.30 yesterday afternoon. 3.30, huh? Right. Uh, McShane's wife just got in town. Went over to the funeral home. You want to see him? Yeah. Be another hour or so before the lab man gets to Joe's garage. Taking that long to check those oil spots and a few other things out of the road. Funeral home's just up the street. Let's go. <laughs> oh, he was... He was so happy and I just located him. Why, who could do a thing like this? Take it easy, man. <laughs> How come you didn't drive up here with him? I mean, you said he was coming up to get a new car. I should think he'd have wanted you along. Well, I didn't know about the car when he left. 
see it was my anniversary next week. A surprise. I didn't know it left. He left yesterday. Well, how'd you find out then? From Abby Lawton. She's the banker's wife back home in Hooper Springs. When my husband took the money out of the bank yesterday, he told Bill Lawton why he was taking it. Well, Bill must have called Abby to tell her, and Abby called me. Abby's always doing things like that. Nobody ever gets surprised when she knows about anything. Uh, some people are like that, ma'am. You know how much money your husband was carrying? Well, she said he drew out $500 all in $100 bills. There's your motive, Sheriff. Sure is, Jace. <laughs> Robbery. $100 bills shouldn't be too hard to trace, though. It'll depend on where and how soon the killer tries to spend them. You better call the bank at Hooper Springs and see if you can get a list of serial numbers. Do it pronto. If they have any numbers, put them on a statewide bulletin. Right. Your, your husband have anything besides money on him, ma'am? Any jewelry or anything else that might have been taken? Well, no. Well, he had a, a wristwatch, that's all. Well, it wasn't on him when he was found. You know what make it was? No, I just know he had one. That's all he wore it all the time. I, I never gave it no special notice. Well, could you describe it? Well, it, it was gold. Leather strap. Well, I, I don't know. Men's watches all look the same to me. Well, would you know it if you saw it again? Well, no, I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you ought to have somebody with you. <laughs> if you've got a son or a daughter someplace, we could contact them no. for you. No, we didn't have no children. It was just, just him and me. <laughs> now I'm all alone. <laughs> the sheriff got a list of currency numbers from the bank, and we arranged for a bulletin to all banks and major stores in the state. We were leaving the telegraph office when we sighted the lab man coming down the main drag in McShane's car. We hailed him, and he pulled over to the curb. Howdy, Jase. Howdy, Sam. Howdy, Sheriff. Right. Ride into the garage with you if it won't disturb anything. No, Hoppy. Been all over that upholstery and everything. Lots of prints on the dashboard all the same. Probably the dead man's. No sign of anybody else being in the car with him? Uh, none I could find. Of course, he might have had riders. Banker at Hooper Springs said McShane was alone when he left the bank. Saw him through the window when he got in his car. Yeah, and he wasn't alone when he got killed. That's a cinch. How about those oily spots on the road, Sam? In the ones under the car? Mm. They were kerosene spots, Chase. Kerosene was used to cut the grease on the ignition wires. Easy to tell, even with a field kit. Well, that means the ignition wires must have gotten wet. Car conked out on him, and he sprayed them. Yeah, that's what happened, all right. But he didn't do the spraying himself. Why? No sign of kerosene in the car, any place. No can, nothing. You checked the trunk? Empty. Look, Sheriff, where is that grass? Joe's. Three more blocks, then turn left. All right. I'll make one more check of the interior for blood trace, but I took a preliminary and it was blank. I'm afraid I'm not going to find anything. Say, you really don't have to come along unless you want to. I can drop you at the sheriff's office. No, we'll ride. I want to see that garage man anyhow. Oh, yeah, sure do I. But Wally won't get his fan belt. I want to see him about more than Wally's fan belt. What? Wally said the Jeep from Joe's garage passed his place yesterday afternoon on the way to town. Hey, that's right. He must have passed the spot McShane was killed at. No place between there and Wally's that he could have been coming from. No. And somebody stopped to help McShane get his car started. Let's find out who. In 
just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Now that fall is here and darkness comes upon us during the early afternoon hours, you as a driver must be ever alert for children in the streets and highways. Slow down at sundown. Follow the careful and courteous driving rules as set forth by the American Trucking Association. Remember that a rolling ball is always followed by a child. Keep alert. Drive as if a child's life depended upon your ability to see him before he, he sees you. And it does. Remember, the life you save may be a child's. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers. And tonight's case, Helping Hand. An authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. There were two men in the garage as we drove in. One of them was wearing a mechanic's coverall. The other was seated in a chair, tilted back against the wall, trying to toss greasy playing cards into a hat placed ten feet away from him. The mechanic gave the car a strange look. Howdy, Sheriff. Hey, something I can do for you? Yeah, Joe. Fellow from the Ranger Lab wants a little space to go over this car. Well, sure. Pull it right over to that corner. All right, thanks. You ever see that car before, Joe? I can't say, Ranger. I work on a lot of cars. Yesterday afternoon during the rain, this car was about a mile past Wally's place out on State 27. It was stalled with wet ignition wires. Somebody fixed them with a kerosene spray. Your Jeep was seen out that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe it is a car I fixed. Uh, I guess you're going to be busy, Joe. I'll call you later. Oh, sure, sure, Rusty. Go ahead. Uh, just a second. What? How about this car, Joe? Well, uh, like I said, maybe I did work on it. Uh, got a few cars started on the highway yesterday. You keep saying maybe. How about making it yes or no? A mile east of Wally's. Well, yeah, yeah. I saw a car there. Yeah, just like that one. Uh, ignition wire soaked. You get him started? Yeah. Driver all right when you left him? Yeah, sure. They was all okay. Why? What do you mean by all? Wasn't the driver alone? No, no, no. He had a couple of guys with him, uh, hitchhikers. How do you know they were hitchhikers? Well, the driver said so. Guys were in the army uniform. They were sort of browned off about being stuck. Had to get back to base or something. Army guys, huh? Yeah, why? Was something happened to that driver? Yeah. Something unpleasant. I better put out a pickup for a couple of soldiers, eh, Sheriff? Reckon you better, Jase. You, uh, still want me to wait, Ranger? Oh, I almost forgot about you. No, I just thought maybe you were with Joe yesterday when he fixed that car. No, no, I, I wasn't. I, I don't work here. Uh, no, no, he just stopped by. Oh, I see. Well, thanks. You're welcome. So long. Oh, uh, by the way. Yeah? What time you got? I, uh, just ten minutes after one. Thanks. You... Got a good-looking watch there. Keep pretty good time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on the dot. Must have had it for a long time, huh? Uh, yeah. I can see that. You ought to have the strap changed, though. It's getting too small for you. Huh? Mark on the leather band shows where you used to hook it through the fourth hole. You're wearing it hooked through the second hole now. So long. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be seeing you. See you later, Joe. Yeah, Rusty. Later. I'd noticed the watch strap right away. That's why I'd kept talking to Joe after I stopped Rusty from leaving. The waiting made him nervous, and he tried to keep the watch hidden. Joe gave us a fumbling description of two soldiers, which I pretended to phone to Austin. 
While I was phoning, I managed to signal the sheriff to pick up the greasy cards Rusty'd been tossing into the hat. We left the garage and took the lab man with us. Thanks, Joe. See you later. Uh, sure thing. Uh, bye, Ranger. So long, Joe. We'll see you again. Say, Chase, what'd you pull me out for? I wasn't finished. I know. I've got something else for you to check on. Oh, what? Some playing cards the sheriff has. Yeah. Yeah. I caught your signal, Chase. But what'd you want these for? Step around the side of the building here. Cards are pretty greasy, Sam. Think you can pull prints off of them? Grease film on a glazed surface? Huh. Sedge. But why? I've seen one of those garage boys before. Joe? No, the other one, Rusty. Something in my mind tells me I saw him in the pen at Huntsville. I want to check on his prints. All right, I'll get right on it. Joe's prints will probably be on those cards, too. Get a report on anything you find. But first, move that car out of there. Take it over to the sheriff's parking shed. If you can lift any prints in a NAR, you can get them on the afternoon plane to Austin. What was that business about asking Rusty the time, Jase? It wasn't his watch, that's all. The man who owned that watch always wore it two notches tighter. Comparing their sizes, I figured that Arthur McShane's wrist would be just about two notches thinner than Rusty's. The lab man lifted plenty of prints from the playing cards with two sets repeated most frequently. We sent the batch through to Austin for a check. The answer came back late that night. Mug shots and records on two men. Looks like you hit the jackpot, Jace. Yeah, Joe and Rusty. Both got records. Both served time in Huntsville. Same cell block. Can we pick them up? We can. Wouldn't be any use. We haven't even got enough on them to get them indicted. Uh, you know there were two men on the job? Could be any two men, Sam. I just well filed charges against you and the sheriff, if that's all I got to go on. Yeah. Besides, Joe claims he was alone when he fixed the car. It'd help a lot if we could prove that he wasn't. How about Wally out at the cafe? He saw the garage jeep. Maybe he saw who was in it. Mm, it's almost 11, but he stays open late for the truckers. Now, see if we can get him on the phone, Sheriff. Okay. Sheriff Walton speaking. Get me Wally's cafe out on Route 27. Yeah. Want to talk to him yourself, Jace? Yeah, if you don't mind. No, no, no. She's ringing the number now. Here. Hold on till he answers. He'll be there. Okay. Wally, this is Ranger Pearson. I was in your place this morning with the sheriff. Oh, yeah, Ranger. You said something about the Jeep from Joe's garage passing your place yesterday. Mm, uh, that's right, uh, yesterday afternoon. You see who was in it? Well, I guess Joe was in it. Did you actually see him? Was he alone or with somebody? Well, uh, to tell you the truth, Ranger, all I saw was the Jeep going by. You know how them things are, the curtains down the side and... Well, the rain was streaming down my windows, too. Uh, I saw the Jeep go by, but uh, I reckon I couldn't even swear I saw Joe in it. Well, thanks anyhow. Uh, sorry, I wish I could help you. You can. Just forget I called. No good, huh? No good, Sheriff. So far as he knows, the Jeep was driving itself. Maybe that story about the hitchhiking soldiers was on the level. Couldn't be on the level, Sheriff. Because they wouldn't walk away from a murder scene. Once McShane's car was running, they'd have driven it a few miles at least. Seems to me we could hold Joe on that. We could. Just long enough for some smart lawyer to get a rip. All he'd have to say is that the soldiers might have gotten another lift or cut cross-country to the railroad. Yeah. We could only find the money. Serial numbers for proof. Even the watch is no good. Mrs. McShane couldn't make a positive identification. And we'd no way of tracing where or when McShane bought it. Money's probably hidden away. 
They'll wait a mighty long time before they try to spend any of it. Uh, then we'll wait with them. I hate knowing a man's a murderer and not being able to prove it. Come on, Sam. Let's get over to the hotel and turn in for the night. All right. I'll walk out with you. Hey, Sam. Yeah? You know you got a grease stain on your pants? Oh, what? Right by your pocket there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got some grease on them this morning left in the hood of McShane's car. Shackle bolt was off a little. Had to feel around to release it. Hey, what's the matter, Jase? Joe had to lift that hood, too, to spray those wires. Him or Rusty. Grease film under there ought to hold fingerprints perfectly. Joe admitted he touched the car. That don't help us. No, but it'll help us if Rusty touched it, too. Because Rusty claims he wasn't there. Sam, did you look under the hood for prints? No, Jace, I never thought of it. That's the last place a man would think of. But we've thought of it now. Come on, let's check it. Yeah. Good thing you moved it out of Joe's place. If we find what we're looking for, Joe's out of business. Get anything, Sam? Yeah. yeah photos of the prints I left at the beginning of the show. Some of them smeared, few of them clear. All right, we can take them out of the bath now. Here's the Austin make on Rusty. See if you can match them under there. Just one print. One finger, Sam, and we're home. Want the light on now? Yeah, please. No, not this one. Too much radio loop. No, not this one. Hey, wait a minute. What? Find something? Uh, uh, give me that magnifying glass, will you please? Here. Now what do you see, Sam? Uh, right here, Jace. Look. The scar line. Small cut, see? I'll hold the Austin print right up next to it. Rusty's right forefinger. That's it, Sam. Watch that car and don't let anybody near it. Let's go, Sheriff. We got a couple of arrests to make. Neither Joe nor Rusty were at home, and Joe's car was missing from his house garage. We combed the town, but there was no sign of them. We started to hit the roadhouses along the outlying districts. Don't suppose they ran, do you, Jace? No, a couple of suitcases in the rafters of Joe's house garage. If he'd left, he'd have packed. He thought you swallowed that story about the hitchhiking soldiers. That'd make him feel safe. Where else would they be liable to stop? Well, I don't know. Just one more place out this way, then there's nothing for four miles until... Hey, Wally's place. I forgot to give Joe that message about Wally wanting the fan bill. Hmm. Wally didn't mention it when I called him from your office. Might have called Joe on the phone direct to remind him. Joe hangs out at Wally's place sometimes. Nights, I mean. Drums up repair work with independent truckers that stop there. Let's try it. We hit the jackpot. Joe's car was at Wally's place. Inside, one of the waitresses told us the three men were in the back shed putting a new fan belt on Wally's pickup. We slipped along behind a line of wash and waited for him to finish and come out. While we waited, Wally said something we couldn't hear as he bent down to the motor. Suddenly, Rusty jumped him. When? When did the ranger call you? Well, a little before midnight. Why? Well, why'd you wait until now to tell us? Well, I just happened to mention it. ranger didn't want me to tell you at all. What do you want to know? Just uh, if I'd seen a jeep pass during the rain yesterday afternoon and then who was in it. Well, what'd you tell him? Well, what could I tell him? I just about saw the jeep. It was born, so... Hey, you guys in some kind of trouble? No, no, no. Of course not. We better get back to town, Rusty. Hey, wait a minute. Get ready for this fan belt. That's right, fellas. 
Fix the man's fan, Del. The ranger. Include me in the party, too, Rusty. Why, uh, Go ahead, Joe. Finish your work. Rusty can help you. It won't do any harm if he leaves a fingerprint under the motor hood, either. Not under Wally's motor hood, because Wally's still alive. Out of my way, Joe. Hold it. The gun, Joe. Uh, uh, don't, don't me. I, I haven't got a gun. Oh, holy mackerel. What's going on here? What did you do? I ain't mixed up in Just it. Just keep your hands up, Joe. Take a look at Rusty, Sheriff. Don't take much looking. Right through the head. Uh, he did it. It was Rusty. He forced me into it. Sure, Joe. Dead man's always to blame. You can tell us all about it down at the jail. You're going to leave Rusty here? Fix your fan belt and bring him into town if you like. Come on, Joe. Get moving. I want to hear more about those hitchhiking soldiers. Then I'll tell you about my dream. A liar who goes to Huntsville. Rusty Holman dead, Joe Folladere made a full confession of his part in the murder of Arthur McShane. On May 3rd, 1951, he was sentenced to Huntsville Penitentiary for 50 years. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Herb Vigran, Lou Krugman, Bill Conrad, Ken Christie, and Lillian Bayer. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Next, it's the Big Show with Joan Davis, Herb Jeffries, George Sanders, Evelyn Knight, Groucho Marx, and your charming hostess, Tallulah Bankhead. Then enjoy 30 minutes of mirth and music with Phil Harris and Alice Fay. Later, Theater Guild on the Air presents A Foreign Affair, co-starring Marlena Dietrich and Richard Widmark. And for pictures of your favorite NBC stars, buy the current NBC Silver Jubilee issue of Radio TV Mirror Magazine. Next, it's the big show. All this and Tallulah, too, on NBC.